Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brad Nelson, and to be a co-host, you also have to have a partner. And mine is my brother from another mother, Corey Baumeister. How's it going, Corey? Oh, yeah, my partner in crime. I'm doing great, my brother. How about you? Well, we did not act, we did not partake in any crimes, so just so you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially, you know, taking phrases from the Arena Boys. <laughs> that, that is something that did not happen. Perfect. They don't listen to us anyway, so I think we're fine. Oh, they did. Then they brought it up at, at the last Mythic Championship. Damn. Their medium-sized lawyer is going to be contacting us very soon. Luckily, though, <laughs> someone on this podcast just came into a little bit of money. Jonathan? Ford even a better one. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan's not cheap. We got to pay him something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But before we get uh, too far into this episode, we will be talking about the Mythic Championship that just took place this past weekend. But... We also need you all, all you wonderful listeners, to know that you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. The Bash Bros Podcast is one of the best podcasts about magic-related content, and each week we come with a special guest. That is right. We have a special guest on every single episode. No one thought it could be done. Yeah, if not the best podcast, though, Brad, if not the. It it could be the best podcast, and I think it's because of our excellent choices in special guests oh yeah we got good taste good taste and friends guests you know we do it all we have wonderful taste and this special guest actually was also a participant in this past arena mythic championship and also is a returning member of the magic pro league it is my honor to introduce mr brian braun duifton Hey guys, it's it's you know it's an honor to be here. I've I've listened to the podcast for so long, and I, I've never been a guest on it yet. But I was hoping that one day I would be. And you know what? I've never been successful in Magic, and I hope that one day I would. And and qualifying for next year's MPL, uh, it means a lot to me. You know, I've I've lived my entire life in the. Sh- uh, you guys probably have heard of this guy, Brian Brown, doing yeah. lived my entire life in his shadow, and you know I always see him doing well in events, top eighting things. You know, yeah. make it into the pro league and stuff. And here I am grinding it out with the name that is so close to his, Brian Brown yeah. Duifton. And I just finally I got my own. And oh finally my God. I got invited. And you to this have podcast. to sit next to him in the players' meeting every single time and see him succeed when you're just doing medium. Like that's gotta be stressful. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You now, know. Now now Mr. Mr. Brown Duifton, I, yeah. I do have to ask, you were kind of a dark horse going into this race as I didn't know of you until they just all of a sudden said that you're part of the Magic Pro League. Yeah, did you get and a special enough, invite? I, I, I don't, I don't know where you got your points, and also I feel really bad for Mister Braun Duan, who I guess just missed the MPL. Yeah, you know, you you want to know where I got my points from? Where? Your mom. <laughs> Whoa! Got all my points I from your mother. Was spitting my coffee up onto my screen. <laughs> Got every single point from your mother. Yeah. It's- you know what? You two really have some nice chemistry together. Maybe, Brian, you should move into uh, Brad's place. Uh, uh, I don't I don't know if we have enough space. Also, yeah. like, the, Mr. Brun Duifton sounds like uh, he's got his shit together and is, yeah. is a much happier soul. I don't know if he could uh, handle the swings of this house. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm alive inside. That's it's yeah. problematic. It's a bit Ooh. problematic. Do you? Uh, I, let me ask you one thing, Mister Brian Braun Duifton. Yeah. Um. Do you often find yourself staring at walls just in the middle of the day? 
No, never done it. Never done it in my life. Nah, you wouldn't fit in then, man. Better get yeah. an apartment. Yeah. 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 Better, better find some, some other lodging. Now, uh, Mr. Uh, Brian Braun Dufton, I, I know that we're going to be talking about your experiences at Mythic Championship 7 here soon, but I do have some exciting news for our listeners. So we're going to get through a little bit of information before we get to that content. Uh, you can fast forward it if you want to, but you really don't. Don't listeners. you dare. You want to hear this because this is some good stuff. Now, we yeah. have redone our Patreon. I even had to look to make sure that that's what it's called. Uh, really? So the Bachelor's Podcast has had a Patreon for quite a while, and it was at the beginning of the year when we set it up, and we've learned some things. Mm-hmm. One of them is we're not really good at posting deck lists. Now, <laughs> that's fine when a, a, a lot of us are other content producers. Now, Brian, actually, I have to ask you, Mr. Dufton. Yeah. Do you produce content anywhere? Yeah, I, I write articles for magic.tcgplayer.com. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I. That is impressive. That is... a. Uh, you know that's that that's very similar to other other acronym names of BBD that are also don't, play professional. Don't bring don't bring his name up, please. Okay, I won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, be, I bet it's been challenging. Now, all right. So we're gonna take a quick um, look at how the Patreon is going to be changing and what that means to any of you that do want to support the podcast, uh, which does include our wonderful editor uh, Jonathan, who uh, makes this all possible. So oh, yeah. for one dollar per episode. You can become a Bash friend. Now, uh, you're one of our newest best friends. You'll have our undying gratitude as well as access to our Discord channel and Patreon feed. Now, our Discord channel, we're going to probably do a little bit more to make that exciting and have some fun. But we do have some uh, a great new channel called the um, the Out of Body... What is it? What, what? Isn't it Out of Body BBD Experience or something? Well, the Brian Brown Duofton experience now. Oh, yeah. okay, yes. okay. <laughs> I'm glad we finally got that other Brian Brown Duan out of here. That dude was just, I don't know, I mean, he was okay. His, his right, content's so, kind of stale sometimes, but whatever. All right, and then, but for $3 an episode, this is this is where it gets exciting. You'll officially be part of the family <laughs> in law, because you'll be a bash in law. And we're going to be um, giving access to all our behind the scene shenanigans in our exclusive pre-show recordings. Uh, what this is going to mean is everything, every time that we sit down together to get the show ready and, um, you know, are just making sure that the uh, episode is as close to up to stop. Now it, it yeah. seems like we don't put much effort into this, but <laughs> we you'd be do right. in fact, <laughs> oh, we sorry. do. We sit down for, for a good 30 minutes to an hour and we uh, discuss the episode and all the topics and yeah. structure it and have a little fun and catch up, see how core, you know, we're, we're all catching up to see how we're all doing. And yeah. you'll get access to that extra content if you are one of our Bash in Laws. Oh, now, yeah. Now, Mr. Braun Duofton, would you like to uh, tell everyone what they get at $4.99? Uh, yeah, you get uh, absolutely jack. Bleep! Uh, yeah, <laughs> you get nothing. Uh, for $4.99, for $4. which is one cent less than our $5 tier, uh, <laughs> you get literally nothing. You don't even get the previous rewards. You get actual nothing for $4.99. Wow. Yeah. That is not true. No benefits. Mm. You will be in our thoughts and prayers. Yeah, you, yeah, that's, that's right. True. You will get our, our thoughts and prayers. So, yeah, th- th- then that's worth a lot. Wait a minute. So are you guys saying, like, we get they get to be in our thoughts and prayers and they don't have to listen to us for an extra additional 30 minutes? That seems actually like a deal. Or be annoyed by us in our Discord. Yeah, or if you're offended by anus jokes or whatever, you probably don't want to get that bash in law, you know, because that, that's half of it. 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and then at the $5, the Bash sibling in law, <laughs> we might need to rebrand this, but nah, they're good. <laughs> at $5, um, you're going to be part of the production cast itself. You'll be added to our cast and crew credits as part of the podcast with shout outs from the bros and special guests themselves. Now, what this means is we're going to be announcing everyone that is actually giving us such a substantial, substantial amount of money at $5 yeah. per episode. We will be uh, making you part of our cast and crew now if you want to be the uh, CFO or the uh, hairdresser. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe audio or lighting. Yeah. What, 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 whatever job you think you'd be best at to help this, uh, this product hit the market, you can let us know and we will be giving you that cast and crew or we will just be picking ourselves. For instance, one of, you know, my uh, normal job before when we get ready, everybody ready is... Uh, Brian Brown Dewan's hairdresser. You know that's that's my normal job, but uh, you know Brian. But now we don't have, we don't have to worry about that because Brian Brown Dewan is bald. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah BBD I've has Googled... some stubble coming in, so I you know I I tend to it. Yeah, I have Googled Brian Brown Dewan, and he is in fact bald. Huh. Shit. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, sorry Brian bud. Brown Dewan. Yeah. Jeans can't be with you all the time. <laughs> I can wear jeans whenever I want, but I would prefer I prefer cargo shorts. So. <laughs> but all true. of our listeners can be with us all the time with these beautiful tears. So I love it. These are fun. Yeah. So if you want to support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash bash bros podcast and become a patron or patron uh, right now. The uh, the extra tears will be starting next week with um, with next week's episode. Now, we will be taking Christmas week off as that schedule is going to be very hectic, especially our recording time is literally during the holidays. But we'll be back in the new year with another episode. But let's actually get started with this one today. Now, we're going to be taking it a little... We're taking it easy this week. Um, We just got back from the Mythic Championship. Well, a couple of us. And (laughs) uh, we are exhausted, but we do want to get through a lot of the the material from the weekend and and talk about our experiences. So... um, I want to start with you, Brad. How the hell was your experience? Mine was actually really weird, and we're going to get into that. It, it, it's it's way deeper. I mean, obviously, like, it's great, right? I took second in the tournament. I had a heartbreaker in the sense that I didn't make Worlds, but going into the weekend, all I cared about was MPL and staying yeah. a part of it. And so, you know, uh, I mean, I was free rolling it by the end. It, it didn't really matter. Like, I wanted Worlds really badly by the end of the weekend, but, you know, you, you have to look at the perspective. I didn't lose my chance of getting to Worlds. I just didn't earn my slot in it. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you put yourself in a anything. position I, to do it, you know? Yeah, I, I fought my heart out. I did my best, and and it wasn't good enough to win the tournament. And also, if there was one slot, I'm fine with the guy that went undefeated getting it. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Like, like he, he, he put the show on, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I do not feel entitled to that position when, when the man went 9-0 and, and, and won the tournament. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, hats, hats off to Piotr Krakowski. That's not it. Is it? Huh? Piotr Glukowski? Yeah. Glukowski? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I always, I honestly, Gregors and Piotr, I can't, I always mix up how to say their last names because I'm, I'm a, I'm a terrible you, American. I think you <laughs> said fair. his name correctly. And then when Corey, when you, when you mentioned it again, then you said it wrong the second time. That's <laughs> regard. You know, canister. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Honestly, though, bro, it is just so brutal. I know you've been in this position twice now, but having to win two matches in a row, like that is just so difficult. Especially when you lose the first one. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah, really challenging to win two in a row when you lose the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we're gonna rewind this a little bit because I, I want to actually like start it off from from kind of a day to day thing. Now, Brian and I left Wednesday because Thursday is a media day, um, and um, you know, we we got there and did all of our media stuff. But both of us had to play on day one, and we were playing different decks. I we talked about it last week. Brian was playing Jund, I was playing Simic, uh, and we did the episode before Deckless came out. Once Deckless came out, I was pretty excited about our deck choice. No, honestly, I mean, I remember talking on the last podcast, uh, or maybe maybe this was even just talking to you, Brad, and I, I really liked uh, how you structured your deck based on just what the metagame was. And I, I think especially against Paulo, like, it just showed why you played the deck. Like, it was an absolute beating to Jeskai Fires. And I mean, I mean both, both sides played hard. Yeah, both sides played hard. I mean, he clicked <laughs> buttons, if that's what you mean by playing hard. Um, and I mean, I think that means that we officially have a better podcast than Paula, right? Like, if you win, we now overtake the better podcast, right? Is that how that works? I'm pretty sure that's not how it works, no. No. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like a monarchy. We don't just inherit the throne. Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> no, but your deck was awesome, and it, it, it made a lot of sense. Uh, you know, Jun Food obviously took it down, so it's a, a great deck as well. But, yeah, your your guys' deck was insane, and putting three people into the top eight is just unheard of. Whoa, whoa, we're still on Thursday, man. Oh. We're still, like, like slow down. Slow Sorry, down, buddy. I'm we'll excited. All I was this. just so excited. So, so that's right. So our testing team was Beatrice, Javier, Seth, Brian, and myself. Uh, we played three different decks. Seth, Javier, and I all played Simic. Uh, Beatrice played Just Guy Fires. I also really liked our Just Guy Fires list. And Brian played his own uh, Jund Creation. Yeah. And now on day one, we all did relatively well. We, I mean, we like four of us made day two. And, and Brian, you lost a savage of a win and in. Oh, but yeah. we're not here to talk about you losing. I actually want to talk about um, our, our our experiences in day one. Um, the first being that the Civic deck really overperformed. And we uh, we went 5-1, 5-1, and 5-2. And we were kind of the talk of, of the tournament, which shocked me. So many people thought our deck was cool and was impressed with all the work we did. And everyone's like, I really like your deck, Brad. And I, every time I looked over at Seth, I'm like, he did it. It's his fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> Seth, Seth, Seth created this. Yeah. And um and that was really cool, but the the stories from the tournament I think honestly that that I heard were best came from Brian. Brian, you had a roller coaster of a day and I really think that people at home need to hear about your 7th round. Yeah, the, I, I I had some insane matches. I actually played some like people people saw my match. I I played against Seth on camera in round 2. Um at least uh, the second game was on camera. I don't think the first one was. Mm -hmm. um we were like the backup match and um i got to kill him like and i got to one shot him with corvold basically do some cool things there people were losing their mind about that but like honestly that was not even close to the most ridiculous games of magic that i played um yeah how many had, triggers do you think you had that game though it was insane when you killed seth on that turn yeah i mean to me i've just become like desensitized to that because i've just done that with corvold a million times sure, we've sure. also we played a lot of games where like when we were testing Jund versus Jeskai Fires, where you'd untap with a 6-6 six, six or a 5-5 five, five Corvold, and, and they died at 17 life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Seth was at 19 life, and I untapped with a 5-5 five, five Corvold and killed him. But, yeah, it's basically mm -hmm. the same thing. 
Um, yeah, it just it just happens all the time. It's not like anything crazy. Um, I had a game against against Javier. This was in round five, no round six. Yeah, round six. I had a game against Javier. I ended up losing the match because I um, I lost both post board games. But he in game one he had a, a night pack ambusher and he had and he was just growing a number of wolves every turn. And I had like nothing. I mean, literally nothing. Like I had a chump block with like my mayhem devil and my I had to like throw chump blocks out there and sacrifice my mayhem devil to my witch's oven to bring back a cauldron familiar in combat to go to one life and to also kill a lethal brazen borrower. <laughs> and, and then he still got a creature during his end step. And he had like, I don't know if it was that turn or the next turn. He'd also drawn a frilled mystic for turn to counter my next play. And he had like four wolves and a night pack ambusher. And I'm just at one life with like nothing. Except for like, I mean, I had like like the minor pieces of my engine. Like I had a trail and a familiar and an oven, like one of each. Um, somehow I just managed to throw out enough of a board every single turn to survive. <laughs> uh, until eventually, eventually I just drained him out with Cauldron Familiar. I just wow. I, I just put a board out every turn and gained enough life, like sacking food or whatever, to then go to one from the next attack from his like growing army, and he just couldn't believe that I won and I couldn't believe that I won. It was one of the most ridiculous games of magic I've ever played, but it was completely outdone the very next round because I played against Ken and Ken was playing a Ken Yukihiro. He was playing a five color fires deck and we get into game. You got to call that a Niv Mizzet deck. Come on. Give him okay. some credit. Yeah. He's playing, he's playing fi- five color fires with Niv Mizzet. Well, Niv Mizzet will play a role in this game. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Niv Mizzet reborn. So he beats the crap out of me game one, and I crushed him game two. Like, we just two, like, brutal games. And then we're in game number three, and he's on the play. And this is playing for our tournament life. Like, the loser is out of the tournament. He He's on the play, and I have a really good hand um, on the draw. But he goes, like, he just goes land, go, land, go for his first two turns. And I played a Gilded Goose, and then I played a Midnight Reaper using my Gilded Goose's food. He grows spirals and step, so then he gets to play a turn three fires of invention plus to fairy bounces my midnight reaper. Oh god! So I'm, so I'm down to just gilded goose and play no food. Um, I untap my third. I only have one more land in my hand and it's fabled passage, so I can't even. Oh re- god! I can't even replay a three drop. All I can cast is paradise druid and play the fabled passage and say go. On his turn, he plays a land five and casts niv mizzet reborn. He gets <laughs> Growth Spiral and Tulsimir off of it. And then he plays Tulsimir, uh, gets two three threes, and kills my Gilded Goose. So that was his next turn. And he just put 11 power into play, gained three life, and killed my creature. That that was his turn four. That's turn four. Yeah. That's Bad. turn four. He still has Teferi in play, too. Um, so then I untap, and all I can do is play a Midnight. Wait, I just, whoa, 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 whoa. Just hold yeah. on a second. Okay. We need the visual, vi- visualization. Brian has three lands and a Paradise Druid. Yeah. <laughs> Untapping for his fourth turn. Ken yeah. has a Fires, a Teferi on two, a Niv Mizzet, <laughs> and two three threes along with five lands. <laughs> like he has more non land permanents than Brian has permanents. And he has more lands than Brian has permanents. And and he has eleven power in play. Six of it, it associated. <laughs> no, he has twelve power in play. 
and six of it is in, is is in, is in a flyer. Um, oh yeah, it's twelve power. I always kept saying it's eleven. It's actually twelve. Oh yeah, yeah Nimbus, it's a six six. Yeah, so I end up, and all I can do is play a cauldron familiar. And oh, wait, wait, I need, I need, I need the people to also know. Brian untapped. He didn't concede. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bold. Brad might have. Brad might have conceded there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I untapped and I played a, a midnight reaper and a cauldron familiar and just said go. No, attack- no fourth land drop. No, I, I think I play. I think I drew a land. Okay. I think I played a land. I don't remember. He attacks me with everything, <laughs> and I block. I block Tulsimir with the, the Midnight Reaper, and I chump the wolf. Uh, and I take nine damage, plus the two from Midnight Reaper. Plus, I think I hate, may have shocked myself at some point. So, anyway, I'm down to ten life after this attack. I'll just, we just, I, I know that that's the case. And then his turn is, because he gets to cast two spells with Fires of Invention. His turn is casting Hydroid Crisis for four, and then playing a Paradise Druid. Which, fortunately, Paradise Druid, not the most impressive follow-up, but... Still, he put another six power into play and drew two cards. And he has 10, I'm at 10 life and he has 10 power in the air. Um, and five he still, he still has, yeah, he still has five in the ground. He has Teferi that just ticked up to three uh, that can, that can bounce something as well. So I managed to make a turn of casting Midnight, uh, sorry, Mayhem Devil, Gilded Goose, and Witch's Oven. Um, and then I bring back, I use the food from the Gilded Goose to bring back my Cauldron Familiar to shoot Teferi off of Bouncing. And then, basically, like, he he attacks me, I have to chump block with Gilded Goose, I'm dead if he has anything, he, he just doesn't. He casts, like, Gross Spiral and another Paradise Druid as his two spells. Um, I had to, I had to chump block and go down in life. Um, I'm still dead on board to a Massive Krasis and a, and, and a Niv-Mizzet. And I drew Noxious Grasp for turn, which let me kill the Niv Misset, and uh, <laughs> it bought me another turn. Uh, anyway, he just never played another card the rest of the game that wasn't a Paradise Druid or a Teferi. What? You won this game? Or a Gross Spiral. He only cast those three cards the rest of the game. <laughs> and I just, it, it took like another six turns for me to win this game. And I and just every turn I'm just sweating because if he draws if he draws anything I lose literally anything like even up <laughs> until the last turn if he ever draws uh what's that what's the five minute Kenrith I just die on the spot and there's <laughs> nothing I can do about it and like even eventually on the last turn I finally I've been missing my land drops and I, I've had casualties of war in my hand and I'm just like well it doesn't even matter if I blow up fires of invention it's actually probably bad but on the last turn I managed to like map out that I had I had lethal through all of his blocks, if I casualties his board, and I just, I didn't even kill the Fires of Invention because it would just allow him to cast spells at instant speed. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, so I'm just not going to kill it. I just killed one of his, it was basically six mana destroy a creature for because that was all that mattered. I mean, I also got a Teferi and a land, but I just needed to get one blocker out of the way so I'd exactly lethal him with the Mayhem Devil. But yeah, it was it was absurd game. I somehow won that game and I just couldn't believe it because... I had to be less than 1% with Unreal. the way the game started out. Like, he just had Gross Spiral into Fires to Fairy, Bounced your three drop that you wasted a food on. Like, Niv-Mizzet plus Tulsimir. <laughs> I mean, massive Hydroid. When, when Brian was telling me the story, I thought it was, like, fabricated. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. didn't believe it. I, I didn't even know that th- these games are possible. Massive Hydroid Crisis. Honestly, like, I won so many games that I didn't think I had a possible chance in. 
with like mayhem devil witch's oven like shenanigans just barely managing the board to keep alive yeah um and i and then i you know i finished four four and missed day two but you know what it's it's all good <laughs> i also punt i also punted like i i know i punted one match for sure and i maybe i didn't punt another match but i made a judgment call that ended up being wrong in hindsight um I, honestly i i i could have made day two if i just played like better so i, I, mean, I don't i don't even feel bad like sure yeah i mean i i uh i mean you lost you lost that round eight that really sucked and i also didn't play like my best i know seth i mean i, I don't want to call out my boy here but i saw him make some like loose decisions too i don't know what it is about these arena tournaments but i see a lot of people making mistakes they normally don't in tabletop yeah and I don't really get why or, or what's the reason, but it's it's whatever. I played Javier three times in this tournament. Yeah. I lost, I mean, for starters, we're going to talk about how I, I lost all three die rolls to him. But <laughs> but I also think that I, I punted two of the game ones and maybe made a judgment call that might have cost me the other one. Yeah. But I, I was down 0-1 in all three of our matches. I finished 2-1 in, in, in our, you know, I won two of the matches. He won one. Mm-hmm. But like... Uh, I mean, I, I definitely threw like two or three, if not more, games in this tournament. It's not easy. No, you're. I mean, you're playing a very difficult deck. It's like it, a lot of the decisions, you know, are have no right or wrong. It's you have to make a judgment call, and then sometimes it just ends up being wrong. You know. Well, the so. one was a judgment call. The other two were just like stupid. I, I I knew I shouldn't have played this way, but I'm just saying like shit happens. But yeah, so. So we all make day two, and uh, except for Brian, and Brian was in pretty daggers. high spirits, but but I do loved I do loved the the friendly dagger. So we're all sitting there, right? And Brian's a little bummed right after the match, and I, and I say to him like, you know what we got to, you know what step one of today is, right? And he's like, what? Like, you know, he made some stupid joke, and I was uh-huh. like, no. And I grabbed his bag that he was carrying around all day, and I walked over to the fridge and just loaded him up with water and Coke Zero. The two, you know, the like, two genders, water and Coke Zero. <laughs> yes, and and I was just like, you know, like you know, that's step one, fueling yourself for tomorrow if you don't come to the site. And then you know, I'm doing them a nice thing, and I'm like, yeah, it sucks you didn't make day two. I mean, I feel bad. But then one of the the staff came, and the staff was great, by the way. I mean, they're never going to get uh, their name out there and know how good of a job they did, but. Every time this this behind the scenes staff is just phenomenal at their job. Well, I think that's because you're only calling them staff instead of their specific names. You know, they could probably get their name out there if you threw their name out. No, Thank you, kidding. Corey. Thank you. <laughs> but oh, but the staff, uh, one of the staff members came by and, and looked at us in the corner. It's like, all right, guys, you can't leave because uh, we had to do a top eight picture or top. Sorry, uh, top uh, a day two picture. Mm hmm. And then he said that, and I slowly turned back over to Brian, and I was like, but you can leave. (laughs) (laughs) You're free to go, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, you could leave if you'd like to. No, on a a real note, though, like, obviously, I wasn't there. I was just watching from home. But this was by far the best Mythic Championship I watched of the year. Just there was really diverse. It was a diverse metagame. You got to see a lot of great games, you know. I mean, the decks were pretty balanced. Like, the bands obviously are bad for standard, but the bands of Oko Vale and Once Upon fixed Once Upon a Time fixed standard, and it was actually really enjoyable to watch. And I, I was glued to the screen the whole the whole weekend. I mean, yeah. I mean, I do think that the format has gotten better, and it did uh, from from my perspective of playing the matches and watching some of them. Uh, while I was, you know, I would be watching the match because once that match is over, I have to go to the stage. Um, it did seem like there was some good television being made. Yeah, but. 
the funny thing is I'm, I've been a big advocate of the ban of Nissa for quite some time. And, yeah. you know, they didn't ban Nissa, so we played Nissa. Four of the ten decks that played Nissa top four this or top eight of this tournament. Um, wow. Three of them top fourd. And maybe there wasn't even 10 decks, whatever. It might be less Nissa decks in this tournament. But uh, the funniest thing that I, that I found out about this tournament is I would play a match and you, you exchange your deck list with an opponent, go sit down at a computer, play your match. Once the match is done, you go find that person, exchange deck list back. That's the process. So you, you talk to all your opponents after the match if, if both players want to talk. And like five or six of my Swiss opponents all said effectively the same thing after the match, which was... Man, I really, I really thought I was gonna win that until that Nissa came down. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this card's still really good. Oh, like, yeah. I thought I was gonna win until you drew and played the best card in your deck, of which your entire deck is built around. Yeah, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> yeah, Nissa and Breeding Pool. Name a more iconic duo. Holy shit! Oh, there isn't one. That is peanut butter and jelly. It is crazy yeah. to me in this deck how much better your, how much higher your win percentage goes up. When you have a breeding pool to go with your Nissa. 100%. Like just... All right. Well, I have a question for you, BBD. Uh, do you think uh, just you being like safely locked for MPL, like maybe gave you like less of a drive or anything? Or was that not really a factor? Or um, Well, first of all, it's not BBD. It's BBDFN. Um, it's still BBD is your initials. No, no, no. It's BBDFN. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, it, it. I don't think so. I mean... I think that it helped that I was locked for MPL in that I didn't have to care, but I, to be truth be told, I, I just haven't, I haven't cared even when I wasn't already locked. Um, and, and I still had worlds to try to qualify for, and I was on the cusp of qualifying for worlds. And honestly, the value of worlds is, is through the roof. It's, it's actually worth more than an entire year of MPL just to play in worlds. So that's worth way more than, um, I, I'm not even joking either. Like it's like the equity it, of the seat is worth, uh, roughly ten. Well, it's about what's last even. place. What's last place? I don't even know. I don't being even know what quali- first place. Being is. qualified for all of the tournaments this year makes it worth more. Yeah, but the actual straight contract is worth less than the uh, equity of worlds. What I'm is the gonna, last place and first place at worlds? I don't. I, I, we I, don't know that yet. We don't know the oh. information, but let me just explain. It's a million dollars and sixteen players. So every the average equ- equity of each player is like. Sixty thousand dollars or seventy thousand. Sixty-two five hundred to be exact. Okay, that's Holy what it is. Shit. Yeah. yeah, that's that. It's it's a million dollar tournament with sixteen players. Like, dude, people are gonna get laid in Hawaii. Holy crap! Whatever, whatever, you guys. It's not that big of a deal. Missing out on worlds is not the end of the world. It's it's not that cool of a tournament. You guys are making a way bigger deal out of this than you need to. Yeah, I it's heard it's cool. The- Everything's fine. It's great. I, I heard it's the bad side of Hawaii too. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be hot and kind it's, of yeah. miserable. It's the bad place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not. It's it's not worth talking about. Um, <laughs> no, I actually um, on this. So I, I actually was in a very similar mindset as Brian, but I got there in a very different way. Um, no, I, I just want to say before you say oh, a yeah, thing, there, there's two sides to not caring. You're you're on the not caring level that I was at when I top aided. Uh, mythic the, the mythic championship in London, the modern one with humans. Yeah, you're on the not caring level that I was at for that tournament, which is actually really good for how you perform in the tournament. 
I'm, I was, yeah. I, I, I've been like, I was on that level for that tournament and that was wonderful. I, I was way, it was like the best mindset you can possibly have for a tournament. The not caring level that I'm at now is way worse. I'll we could exp- I'll explain where you were at, and then I'll, I want to talk about the difference between. The two. <laughs> you okay, heard yeah, it here, I, boys I, and I girls. Don't too. care, and you will be in the MPL. No, this is yeah. really weird. I'm I'm going to be breaking down this. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, literally a day after the tournament, and I'm going to be like sitting with my thoughts tomorrow. Um, and and your and bags writing. of money, right? Yes, and and <laughs> and, uh, and writing this article because. I, I put a lot of stress and anxiety and pressure on myself um, this year, and Brian Brian has saw, seen that a lot. Yeah. And it all culminated at Mythic Championship 6, where I ate out on day one, I won my first round of draft, and then I lost five in a row. I ended up going X6. I barely got any points. A lot of people in the MPL gained points. And yeah. I, while I was starting off dominating the tournament, I ended in even a worse spot to make MPL than I started the tournament. And I still had my split left, but things weren't looking good. I was like 18th on the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. And that night crushed me. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do anything. I was just like mopey and just kind of, you know, not not like pity me, woe is me kind of, but just like. I mean, that hurts losing that many rounds in a row, you know? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a difference of when you're sitting at a table after a bad performance, there's, there's two different blank me's. There's the woe is me where you're trying to get everyone to pity you. Mm-hmm. And then there's the fuck me, I want to die. <laughs> like, there just is. There's the, like, I want to quit magic. I want to be done with this shit. I can't take this. My heart can't handle it. Yep. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Why do I care about something that only hates me? Oh, there's there's a third one. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> the third one is, is, is also the fuck me, I want to quit magic one. But it's not out of... It's not born out of passion. It's born out of like I'm just literally done with it. Like I just don't care anymore. Yeah. It's it's sure. yeah. But it will, so, anyway, yeah. So that I, I'm I'm guessing that's foreshadowing. But oh, it is. Oh, it yeah. is. But so I I I said that like I'm going to try for my split. I told myself I'm going to finish the season, and and you know past Brad would want present Brad to finish the season strong. But I can't care anymore. So I I tried and I played like the gruel deck for my split. And I, I was testing with Martin Mueller at your place, Corey. But then once I got back home, I got a little sick from the invitational. I did some testing, but I didn't do much. And then when deck, deck submission was down, everyone's like, what are we going to play? And I'm like, all right, I've come to my conclusion. We should play Jeskai Fires. And Seth's like, now nah, I want to play Simic. And I'm like, we will play Simic. <laughs> and there was no fight. There was no like anything. I'm just like, I, I, I stopped caring. And when I played in the tournament, I didn't, I thought I was lying to myself, but I literally never cared until somebody dangled the goddamn carrot in front of me of worlds. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's so funny how on day one and two, I was just kind of chilling, playing magic, having fun, talking to my opponents, win or lose, like hanging out with all the competitors. And, um, I was playing some good magic. Now, I don't know if the correlation was all the mindset itself or the fact that I found out that I play much better with these white noise headphones. And I'm going to start trying, like, if I ever, like, want to, like, test myself, like, I might write my article with white noise instead of music. And I just want to see how much it, because I think it greatly improved my focus. So here, here, I, I'm going to be long-winded here. I just want to talk about one thing and tell you about how weird this is. So, do you remember when I played Javier in the top four? 
No, yes. I don't. Did that happen? Well, were you? Kidding. Well, I don't know. If, were you guys watching that? I was watching. Yeah, I saw. Okay. It. Yeah. So, um, I realized this happened. You know how when you're driving a car and you're on your normal, uh, you know, routine, and you get to where your destination, you're like, "How did I get here?" Yeah. Like normally, I if you ask me about a game I just played, I could tell you literally everything that happened. Brad, you shouldn't drink and drive. No, I mean, listen, that's... listen. I could tell you every land that got played, how it got played, what spells, how the scries were. I could tell you that right after a match. But with these white noise things, I, I remember my brain seeing the final sequencing of game three and saying, okay, you have a, you're, you're pretty much deterministically going to kill him. Yeah. And you just need to sequence it this way. And then I kind of, then I looked on the screen and my brain literally went, oh shit, dude, you got two wolf, wolves in play. Like you have two of the the four four. What's it called? Nightpack ambusher. Nightpack ambusher. You're like, dude, how'd you get two nightpack ambushers in play? Like, I literally was asking myself, how did I resolve two of them? <laughs> like, I, I I went into literal autopilot with these like white noise head headphones all weekend long. Like, I was like in the zen, like in the like everything washed away, and I was just playing magic. Like, magic and me became one. I feel like this is like a religious, exp- this has turned into a religious experience. It like- really was, dude. I, I, I honestly, I will have to go back and watch that game. I cannot tell you anything that happened in game three against Javier, except for the fact that I attacked, when I awoke again, I attacked him with two 5-5 five five ambushers, and I attacked his Nissa with two wolves and a 3-2. And he had one land and three cards in hand. He only had then, one land? One animated uh. land. God, you're woke, Brad. Yeah, so one woke. animated land. And <laughs> how are you LDing him? Like <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I think that my play was was greatly improved this weekend by having this mentality. And it it's crazy because like the concept of, you know, ma- you care so much about magic that it hurts your chances because you're thinking overthinking things until it breaks you. And then you 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 know, like you don't care about things and then you start playing better and then you're playing so much better that it's putting you into positions that you're going to win things that you now care about. And then you're broken again. And yeah. And it's this vicious <laughs> cycle. Um, but I will say that as, as long as you can stay in that, cause if you don't care at all, then you're not going to perform well. And if you care too much, you're not going to perform well, but I don't know how you stay in that middle area. I don't, I don't know if it's really that. I don't know if it's really possible. Like, uh, the the key yeah you just so there's a difference you have to not care about each tournament itself you can't care about the tournament like and, and when i say care i mean like in the moment like you can't in, emotionally invest into your results in each tournament yeah you can't yeah that's what i'm trying to say you can't get invested into your results because you'll never succeed in i mean you can succeed in magic because it's high variance and everyone will succeed somehow one way or another you know, over a long enough period of time or whatever, like people will succeed, but it's like to regularly succeed with a healthy mindset, you can't invest yourself into your results. You have to invest yourself into like your process and like deck selection and all these other things. And that's how you do well in tournaments and even playing out the tournaments themselves. Like when I top aided the mythic championship, I was so, I just was not invested in the result of the tournament at all. I just, I literally didn't care how I did in the event and it was like freeing because I would just make plays that 
Like I wouldn't normally you get in these tur- this situations and you're like, oh my goodness, what if they have this card? Then they'll blow me out and I might take lethal damage and die. And then you like you're like, if you care so much if you win or lose, you're like, I'm not gonna make that play because I could lose if it backfires. And like you just get in your head about that kind of stuff. But if you don't care, you're like, this is the best play. I'm gonna make this play. If they have this card, I lose. Who fucking cares? You know what I'm saying? And like that's the mentality that I had when I top eight the tournament. I would just make the plays and force my opponent to have it. And it wasn't out of some like me taking super risks or whatever. It was just like I that was just the play that I thought was the best. And if they had the card and I lost, then I signed the match slip and didn't give a shit, you know, or whatever. Like Yeah. I and mean, that's I, like the mentality that's the best mentality to have for a tournament. And and like it sounds like magic. Yeah, but it's so hard to do that in practice. Well, I mean, I made I made some mistakes. I think I threw some games that were on camera, and you know, some people or even an old version of myself, or and could be in a future version of myself, would be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I did that on camera." But do you want to know something? I was in the goddamn finals of a Mythic Championship, and I somehow forgot to board out my mystical disputes against Jund. Yeah, I, I saw that actually. I really yeah. when I went to game three and I saw him in my main, I was like, "What?" That was like, nowhere near the most disgraceful thing you did in that finals, though, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but did, are, are, are you referring to my roping? It involved a roping, yes. <laughs> no, that was good. That was so funny. <laughs> but but no, like, I mean, that, I, that, I'm going to attribute me missing those two cards to literally the how taxed coming back from the loser's bracket is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that system is brutal. I love I think, double elimination. I think it has to, but... I think it has to change. I'm, I mean, it's my fault, but the fa- the fact was is I had to play through lunch. Um, well, and... Also, I, I just want to say one thing too. Like people, people like don't understand what making mistakes are like. I, and I'm I'm saying this just in general across like um ma- like uh, magic players. They like for like you made mistakes that are like boneheaded errors, like miss sideboarding or like. Or, like, in one match, like, you just cast the wrong spell at one point, like you were telling me, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. people people are like, oh, he's not playing well. He's making these stupid mistakes. They don't understand that that's not, like, representative of, like, playing well or playing bad. Like, uh, for, exa- like for example, when I, the, when I won the World Championship, I made some really stupid errors in that tournament. Like, I just didn't use an Eldrazi Displacer to save a Reality Smasher from a Path to Exile when I had, like, nine open mana. And, and like, I just could have done it and I just didn't even see it. And it doesn't mean that I'm playing bad. Everyone, like people are, you know, mocking that, like, wow, like what a stupid mistake. Of course, like he's not a good player, blah, blah, blah. No, like that's not how you measure Like you don't measure how well someone is playing based on like, did they make every perfect play? You measure how well they're playing based on like- By your finals. That's why you measure it. <laughs> no. Well, yes, sure. It's like, it's like, what is their, like, how are they, what's their vision towards the game? Like, are they seeing- like, what's their game plan? How are they seeing the game? And, like, like, Brad, I thought you were playing really well in this tournament. Like, you had a really great vision for how games would play out. You were making some really inspired plays in a lot of your matchups. And, yeah, you made boneheaded mistakes like miss sideboarding or just casting the wrong spell or whatever. But that doesn't mean you're playing bad. It just means that you made, like, an error in the moment. You still had great plans. And that's kind of the yeah. mark of when somebody is playing really well versus not whereas like i think i had very good technical play in this tournament um like i sequenced my things correctly but i didn't have the vision like i lost a match i was telling Corey before we started the podcast i lost a match i think i could have won um 
where Are I, you saying I just, that you told Corey a story that any of our Bashin Law $3 a per week Patreons would be able to have listened to if they became for our future episodes? Uh, no, we probably exactly. shouldn't have put that information out there. It was too good. It was too good. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is, uh, so that is 100% I don't think you can tell correct. that story. You know, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's, that's right. They would, have, they would have had access to that story. but uh, yeah. And now nobody will because it was a story of me making a bad having bad vision for the game and losing. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I made good technical plays, but I had bad vision for that game, how that game played out. I mean, I also got really unlucky too, but it's like, I could have played around that. And I didn't. Wait, was that the story that started with uh, the Chipotle dumpster or was that a different story? Uh, no, you're thinking of the Taco Bell story. Oh yeah. yeah okay. You yeah, told me it, so many stories before that. I can't even keep them straight. So. Yeah. This was the story where I like made a pit stop at Taco Bell before I got to my round. And oh, then... that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You had to use the napkins for the thing. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Right, let's get right. back on this. This is the world. <laughs> We're already losing an audience. Uh, but yeah, losing I just viewers? I just wanted to say that, like you, you like people will look at those mistakes and think that you didn't play well, but that's just a bad way of evaluating it. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, sometimes my mentality towards all of this would I would care about that, but right now I I'm saying that like I'm kind of like gonna force myself to dump. Like it was very natural this weekend for me to not care, and because I thought I was gonna stay in the NPL, but even if I didn't, I had like contingency plans for what 2020 was gonna look like. I was very happy to be done with this road of testing and I was looking forward to having a few weeks of like time with family and Amber and just hanging out like hell, Brian, you, the three of us could like go somewhere sometime this week. I don't even care where, just get out of, out of the city for a day and not have to worry about content and all this crap that we've been dealing with all this testing and all this stuff for two months straight, you know? It is unreal, you know? I mean, I've uh, experienced every other Mythic Championship compared to you guys, but when I get done with that, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I I come home to content and stuff too, but I don't come home to content plus having to get ready for another Mythic Championship. These last three months would eat at anybody that truly cared even a little bit about staying in MPL just because it's just so much work back to back to back to back. like. You guys got to take the rest well, of the month off, you know, just for pure sanity purposes. Yeah, but I'm going to be doubling down on that. But yeah, there's a lot to still cover for this episode, so we should uh, get up. But so I want to know your other side of this, Brian, real quick. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that that's what I wanted to get to at some point. But yeah, like, so for people to, to reference back to what we were saying before, um, I was saying that there's two versions of not caring. And there's like the version that we just talked about where Brad um, didn't care about his results. Um, and and just played the games, and that's like the the best mentality you can have for a tournament because you you're zoned in on the game itself, and you're not you don't have this external weight on you. And then there's and that's like how I was for that mythic championship as well. And then there's the other level of not caring where you just like so that level of not caring is you're not caring about your results, but you still are you still care about magic, like you want to. You still love the game of magic. You still care about um you're how, in the moment. You're you you're trying to win. You're trying to win your games. You're doing the best you can. Um, and then there's another level of not caring, which is unfortunately, and I, I feel stupid saying this honestly, but it's the level that I've reached where I just don't care at all about magic anymore. And I and, and like the I played a few games on MTG Arena the night before the tournament, and I just played really badly and threw my matches away. And I was like, I just don't want to play the tournament tomorrow. And then I woke up tomorrow, the next day, the day of the tournament, and I just had to convince myself every round to try to play my best. 
because I just didn't want to. And like it, 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 I just don't. And then like that's a different level of caring uh, of not caring where you just don't even care about magic anymore, and you're not invested in playing the games at all. And like that, that's not a healthy level of not caring. No, and, I, I hope I hope you turn it around and some time off does you good. I mean, I hope so too. Honestly, like, I, I qualified for the MPL again next year, and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna write an article about it this week. That that's gonna be my topic for for this week. But I I I have to something has to be different next year. There's no way I'll re like if I if my mentality is the same for next year. I, there's a zero percent chance I'll requalify for the MPL um, again. Uh, so yeah, something something has to change. Or if it doesn't change, then I'll I, hopefully I find you know something outside of magic that or outside of competitive magic that I can yeah. I can sink my teeth into that that I'll be happy doing. Um I don't I don't even know really if I care if I stay in the MPL, but um, <laughs> I mean the nice thing is is the next Mythic Championship got a kind of new format that's got to be a nice change of pace for you guys, you know. Uh, I'm not thinking I'm not about the future, standard. buddy. Let's let's like I I know that that matters to a lot of people and that's exciting and our job is to excite people with magic, but it's about Christmas and, and it's literally day 1, day 1 of 20 the 2019 season being over i at least want one day where i don't have to think about the 2020 season all right i'll go fuck myself in the corner over here. <laughs> no actually I, I, I thought about that and i'm like that to me like I, I i don't like standard and i haven't done well in standard and this year has all about been playing mtg arena and playing nothing with standard oh and, and I, yeah and i think that that has worn me down and so it is possible that i can rediscover my enjoyment for magic by by playing other formats like pioneer so yeah, maybe maybe that'll help. I'm not even joking. Like that might help. So yeah. All right. So uh, so you know, 2020 will all be about how BBD got his groove back, <laughs> and uh, but um, moving on, let's talk a little bit more about the tournament itself because I think yeah. mindsets were important because I actually was in a very good one and I did really well with it, and I do think that that's very important. But you can check out. Uh, my content later this week on Star City Games that'll be about that exact thing because it is kind of a weird phenomenon. Um, but back to the actual physical cards, um, all three of us Civic players made day two, and then we all made top eight. Um, I lost one match to uh, Piotr on day one as well as the finals. Um, and other than that, I won two. every match. I played And I played back-to-back matches to get into top eight against Javier and Seth. And, and I worked them both in the mirror match. But man, did I work, Seth. Oh, I gotta say, uh, my favorite moment of watching you was a game where I for sure would have lost. Uh, you decided to cast Grow Spiral on turn three, where you got to Grow Spiral into like an Aether Gust for uh, Seth's Nightpack Ambusher, and then untap, cast Nissa, untap, have Quench available, and the game was fucking over it was unbelievable <laughs> i i seth probably shouldn't have went for the bait or whatever and then the game would have been fine but if you also just cast grow spiral on turn two you for sure lose because he had two mystical disputes in hand and he for sure would have fired one off and then you just would not have had that play lined up and it, it was masterfully played i have to say well, thank i you. don't know if you would yeah. i don't know if you would lose but yeah that was that was incredibly well, you wouldn't win i don't care <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to say yeah well i don't know if you who knows who would have won the game but you did sure. just win on the spot because of that line yeah, yeah we, we talked about that at, at dinner actually that night and I, I i didn't understand like i would never have made that play either and i was just like that's why I don't play those decks. Like I, I, I just don't see things like that. Like that was yeah. There's was... a lot of leveling because we had a lot of mirrors in the tournament. 
Yeah. And even down to, like, so sometimes, like, so when when you have a growth spiral and you don't want to cast it, if you just hit your two main phases, like, that's where it's going to stop your priority. But I was seeing some people, like, trying to bluff growth spiral. Like, I saw Javier once bluffing a growth spiral, and he and he clicked his end step. And so I'm like, does he not know how stops work? So then when I played against him, I had grow spiral and put a stop on my end step. <laughs> you know, just just to be like, you know, like, I don't know what level I'm supposed to be on here, but as long as I have him thinking, I want him to be thinking. But I just want like, to say that that's such a dumb aspect of the game. I, 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 yeah. Oh, it's a bad aspect of arena. Yeah, arena sh- that shouldn't exist. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. know that has to be fixed. Like so many uh, people, like even I heard like in the commentating booth, like you know, Alias and Cedric or something mentioned just like, well, they know they don't have a quint or they don't have a growth spiral there because arena didn't stop. It's like, ooh, I wouldn't have advertised that about this product, you know? Like, oh yeah, there's, no, I there think was... that's great for them to say that as as commentators. I, they, I do too. Yeah. I hate when they try to act like something doesn't exist that exists. Did yeah. you ever notice? Did but. you ever notice me when I had a growth spiral? I would always, or not every time, but when I remembered to, I would take the mouse and mouse over all the stops that you would normally click if you didn't have a growth spiral, just so I took the appropriate amount of time of setting the stops up. I I like, didn't notice any of that honestly. Okay, I I went I went through the extra effort, but it's annoying. But like I would untap, I would then before I play my second land, I would then. Pretend to click two or three stops on my turn and a few on their turn, and then I'd play the land and then start clicking okay. Um, no, I, I think it's bad, but that's just how arena works. Yeah. I mean just, the client the client's awesome, but it's definitely not perfect. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I never set a single stop the entire tournament. I'm not even joking. I just uh, I didn't I set, either. I actually did set a stop once in combat because I had to to be able to sacrifice something to my Corval to kill Seth. But yeah, yeah, you, you had to you had to go into full control. I saw. Yeah, I had to. You have to go into full control with Corval a couple times. But honestly, like I, I just I like I'm impressed that you are on the level of setting like of that leveling stuff while also having to play the game itself too because that's just so much extra. Stuff thought process and it was just some, like it's just something that i wasn't willing to do and it's just yes i'm 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 taking away equity from myself but i just i can't you know bring myself to do that kind well, of stuff so I, I will be honest i said this in our group chat if if we played fires i wouldn't fight for fires but i will fight for nissa mm-hmm. because nissa fights for us the the land fights for you. I, yes, the land fights for us. <laughs> close, close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but uh, uh, yeah, I will fight for Nissa like the land fights for Nissa, and and uh, but I knew I would. Like I don't know what it is about Nissa decks and tempo decks, but like I actually truly enjoy that type of magic. Like I'm I'm I've been dubbed this weird mid range guy, and I know why. But like you know, like I. Like, you know, Cedric's like, it's weird to see you playing, like, a Simic Flash deck. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is the kind of shit that I love. Yeah. Like, I loved fairies. I love tempo decks, but they're just not usually good enough. 
Yeah, they said that a thousand times on uh, the broadcast. They'd be like, we never think of Brad Nelson as a counterspell guy. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, stop printing Vales somewhere and then I can be a counterspell guy. Yeah, yeah. we're not they thinking of anybody as a counterspell guy when Vale was around. <laughs> yeah, I, they just, I, did, I did notice them say that a bunch of covers too. And I was like, well, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, like, yeah, yeah, that, that is, you're really good at the mind game level of magic. Um Part of the reason why you, you we've had this conversation before where you don't like playing against me because I've played you enough times where I don't fall for your like your mind game tricks or whatever. Yeah, I, I honestly <laughs> think that if I if I replace me with anyone else playing the Simic Mirror against Seth, I don't think he gets bit by that. But I thought he would get bit by that. Yeah. I thought he would take I thought he would take my bait, but I don't know if he would take someone else's bait. Sure. But I think like like this is, I'll, I'll give away a you little bit a of my secret. You are a masturbator, bro. No, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give a little <laughs> bit of, away of my secret. Seth, here, here's the thing. This is why I made that play against Seth. I, so for starters, I knew that casting the gross spiral on turn two uh, um, wasn't going to be good because it opens up to a counter and he, I can't get punished. Like he can't get punished with, with my three mana. Yeah. So if I, and I have nothing else going on, so why not wait a turn? The other thing is that I believe Seth might take that line because Seth has never beaten me in constructed and I never let Seth live it down. But so he doesn't let a, himself live it down either. He he makes yeah, it a, a no. He does. Fact. And yeah. so we're in a high pressure situation. And when you're in a high pressure situation against someone you don't think you can outplay, you, you get jam. a little aggressive. And Seth also likes to get aggressive. Yeah, yeah, he does. And so and so knowing all of this, that's that's why I not saying that the way I played now we're talking about turn four. It's not like turn three and four. It's not like this is like some masterfully crafted 15 turn game. But I thought my odds of all like I saw all of that playing out in my head before it happened because of these factors. Yeah. Um, and that it just like the game actually played out exactly how I thought it was going to before any of it happened just because of I put all of that stuff together. I'm surprised I thought nobody played risk factor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we all make top 8 and it was really fun. We went to eat at the same place because every other place was busy. Yeah, who paid we, for dinner? I I was so we confused. Gamed. Okay, I, okay. <laughs> I, I lost the five player game the night before and then Javier lost the three player game. Okay. Um, but Brian did not pay for a meal that I was a part of. Wow. Oh, for those of you who don't, don't know. Don't lie to them, Brad. What? What What meal did you pay for? I paid for the meal the day before the tournament. Oh, you're all, you didn't come to eat with us. Yes, I did. The day we what? flew in, the night we flew in, we went out to get barbecue. Oh, yeah. Thank and I lost you. the game to you. Yeah. Like <laughs> I always you. do. <laughs> thank you so much. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's we right. got ramen the night that- before. That was the main thing I was wondering, though, is like, you know, anybody who doesn't know, whenever somebody on our team makes the top eight, you know, they usually, not always, but buy the meal for the team. And I was like, well, shit, it was all three of them and they all top eight. And who, this has just got to be a game. I mean, it was crazy because if Brian didn't come out to eat, then we would all just bought our own meals. <laughs> yeah, ouch. Oh, of course uh, I'm coming out. I'm going to get my free meal where I can. I'll never get one with you otherwise. So. Yeah. <laughs> Is that because I'll never top eight again? Is that what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, uh, I'm saying uh, when we play the clickety-clack against each other, I do not win. 
No, you do not win. The click yeah, so, the, so going into top eight though was pretty absurd. Um, my chances of getting to worlds were over fifty percent, and they could involve me winning zero matches. Uh, if it, it all it all depended how well Piotr did, Canister, yeah, or Ooh. how well either myself, Seth, Paulo Vitor, or Andre Mangucci did. Any if any of us four won the tournament, um, there's scenarios lined up for all four of that for those champions where I would go to worlds. So it was like, what a crazy wild ride, even in the top eight. Like when the tournament started, I was doing well, but I was fighting for MPL. And at the time, everyone that was also fighting for MPL was doing well. Yep. Then they had the cut for day two. Some of the smoke settled. Some of the players didn't make it, but you know, going into round four, almost everyone was three and one. And then then I started doing well on day two. And at that point, everyone now that I have now catapulted myself into a potential world slot, but everyone else up there is doing well. And now it's just like, well, I'm not catching a break in any of the stuff. But still at the top eight, there was a lot of different scenarios that that broke my way. And once I beat Mangucci out of top four, I put all of the control back in my hands. Now, if I lost to Mangucci and then Mangucci went to win the tournament, I would have went to Worlds. You should have scooped, dude. Uh, I actually, so, so I, I am not allowed to concede, nor would I, because winning a tournament and being that close to winning a tournament is worth more than a seed at Worlds. Yeah. Um, yeah. of course, but I would be curious to know if the equity, the equity of me getting to, if my equity, including this tournament and Worlds was higher if Mangucci did beat me. Yeah, because, I mean, Mangucci, Canister's enemy is Mangucci, and he said he didn't want to play that matchup, so... Yes, and, <laughs> and, and I do think that the Simic deck, uh, the Simic matchup is pretty close, so I think that, that Mangucci could have beaten Javier, and then, you know, the, my, like, my likelihood of beating Piotr two matches in a row is, what, 20%? Um, what? It, no, it's higher than that. Well, it's 25, isn't it 25%? It would be twenty five percent. Yeah, I don't think I don't think and, you're like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think the maybe, matchup is like forty five fifty five. Sure, maybe. I mean, yeah. So so like I think I'm twenty percent to win the finals when I get to it. But I, and Mangucci's what probably thirty percent. Yeah, more than that, maybe even. I, I think that matchup's really in favor of the Bant ramp or the Simic ramp duck. Yeah, so maybe even more a higher percent, maybe even closer uh, to like forty forty percent or something. But like if it's that high or whatever that's a better chance of me um, going to Worlds. And because the prize pool is so high, is my, like, is my equity higher having a seat at Worlds and fourth place in this tournament or a shot of getting first <laughs> in Mythic Championship 7? At least it was a fun little thought experiment that like I can't solve because I'm not good at math. And we don't even know the prize structure of Worlds. And you're but, not allowed to scoop in the MPL, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I, w- I will never scoop. Like, literally, I feel like, Something I've been missing my entire career is hoisting that big trophy. And, like, that's not something that matters too much. But when you're trying to check all the boxes, I do like that. Honest yeah. to God, I would rather I'd rather take second and go to Worlds than win the Mythic Championship and not go to Worlds if you gave me, like, the option. Well, if you honestly, win a Mythic Championship, you go to Worlds. Honestly, right? your mentality, well, though, has really been hurting us a lot. Like, we're probably going to get kicked out of our house soon. Why is that? Like, every time you go out walking your cats and they crap on the street, 
and you just have this I'll never scoop mentality. I mean, they've been oh racking down on us, the homeowners association. I was like, where are you I going? I was wondering where you were going with that. Where are you going with this, Brian? And don't make it Florida. Yeah. Oh, we're going to Florida, baby. <laughs> um, But yeah, so then that happened. The finals happened. I uh, got my ass kicked. And um, I, I just want to talk about my next 10 minutes after losing. Mm-hmm. I, I leave. I leave the table. Well, I first I rope canister. Yeah, that was nice. Um, yeah, I had to rope him for a while. I hope I didn't overdo it. No, you didn't. No, it was no, really that was, fun. that was good. Yeah, everyone was laughing their ass off. It was you really nice. roped so, him in. I, uh, although to be fair, you weren't like dead, but I was. I was dead. I mean, you could have just played Canada's transformation on his mayhem devil and then cast something else. Yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, I he, he had he had. You weren't I, gonna I win, dead. but you weren't dead. Yeah. Well, you that's were, true. You could have got to board parody, but then he was drawing six cards and you were drawing one. So yeah, he was drawing like five cards a turn at that point. Yeah. Um, and so, so uh, I I leave now. I'm late for my flight. My flight is literally taking off that minute or whatever. Um, I bet you, right, Brian. You took off like ten minutes after I finished. Uh, I watched the end of the match while I was on the plane. Yes, wow. like yeah. waiting to waiting for it to depart or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. that was my plane. So I went outside and I literally rebooked a flight from LAX because there was no more from Long Beach. So I had messages from my brother and like you, you texted me, Corey, and you wanted mm-hmm. to, you wanted to call, and so with my mom and my dad and Amber and and a bunch of other people. And I literally just ignored everyone until I rebooked and got in an Uber. Yeah, <laughs> I was course, I was course. out of there like no time. Yeah. No, I, I don't blame you. Don't in blame and out. You. That's how we do it. It's, it, you know. Yeah, I said thanks to all the be- like the people that were helping me throughout the day with, like, waters and drinks and just. Because, like, I would literally finish a match. Like, I, I want to say one thing about the, the tournament structure. I like the d- double elimination bracket thing. Love that. They need filler between certain matches. Because after I lost the, ro- the first round, oh. that then I waited a round. Um, when I say I waited around, that meant somebody else was playing and I had a break. Yeah. So I lost round one, had a break. Then I played two matches in a row, had another small break. Then I played two matches in a row, um, and then and then the finals immediately. So by the end of that, I was playing like hot, like high ten thousand dollar matches with like a seven minute break in between games. With only a half sig break. Well, like and, and a bathroom. <laughs> like I literally beat Javier, and then I was like rushing Javier and Seth outside to talk to me for five minutes about the match. Cause I have yet to be able to talk to Javier at all during the tournament since he played uh Pierre earlier in the tournament. But yeah, so we finished the tournament. I flew home. I got to watch some of my shows and now I'm, I'm here on Monday ready to look on to the new beyond. And I mean, I'm very excited about, about the finish. It's kind of absurd to me. It's so absurd to me to think that I had a like, even a like you could consider a sad, heartbreaking moment at the end of the second tournament that I won fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I called Brad and I was just like, "Dude, you know, huge, huge loss. I'm so sorry, man." And he's, and he's just like, "Are you kidding me? I mean, I just, I'm fine. I just won, you know, X amount." And I'm just like, "All right, fair. You know, I, 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 I just looked at what you lost, but you know, I mean, it's- people work their entire year for for this amount of money or less." Oh yeah, if I ever like, took second at one of that, I'd just, you know, I'd be I'd be losing it. It's it's a it's it's just absurd. I mean, mm. also I got to embarrass Paulo on Sunday. 
I got yeah. to call my shot and it happened. Oh yeah. You know, I love you to death and you know, I for sure wanted you to win, but there was some part of me that's like, ooh, I think you're gonna get, some, you know, what if you get some justice here? Now that you say that, and then you just get annihilated. Like that would have uh, that would have been pretty brutal. But it's impossible. Yeah, that matchup did not look good. That matchup didn't look good for Paulo. Oh yeah, that was that was a fun one. Yeah, but so, great work, great work. Besides that, uh, that's that's about it. I mean, Javier, Seth, and I were really happy with our deck. I don't think the deck's going to be good moving forward. Um, I really liked Andre Maguchi's. I think that this there is a strategy of Nissa counter spells because Veil Summer is removed from the format. But um, it, I would only bring it out if like a deck like Fires is one of the more popular decks. But I think Fires is going to be losing a lot of momentum moving forward. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I think this is just such a broken card. It really is. It is broken. It's like, it's like Teferi Hero of Dominaria level. Maybe even, I think for standard, it's actually better than Teferi was. But um, yeah, it, it's just such an absurd card that... Uh, I'm not surprised that it dominated this tournament, even though it wasn't really like on the radar. Um, and I think you can expect you can expect Nissa to continue to dominate for the next year that it's legal. Well, one one thing that's true is five five MPL members registered the card, and four of them were in the top eight, and three of them were in the top four. Yeah, like the card the card is disturbingly good. Every all of them made day two. Um, you know, everyone forgot about Nissa, but yeah, Nissa is still going to be a great card. But that's that's a that wraps us up for standard for the rest of the year, though. And moving forward, you know, the like the some of the bigger tournaments now are going to be Pioneer, so we get to start actually focusing on Pioneer, which I'm excited about because then we can start doing Pioneer po- content on the podcast. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna so now be fun. We're gonna well, now no, be no, a- no, Corey and I, Brian, Corey huh? and I will be doing Pioneer content on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't think... know what you're talking about, Bra- Mr. Braun Doofton. You're pretty great, but like this is a special guest podcast where we bring someone in every episode. Yeah, this is kind of an A B conversation. You can kind of like see yourself out, uh, Mr. Brian. <laughs> oh no! That... Okay. Did Did he actually leave? <laughs> oh, come back. Let's get that. <laughs> Let's what get that Brian Braun doing guy back, though. I've been here I like the whole him. time. I didn't leave. I'm still here. <laughs> I mean, we kid, we joke, we love yeah, you. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's up. <laughs> I understand. But no, we'll be starting to do some more Pioneer uh, content on the website uh, or on our podcast. Um, <laughs> to all our viewers. To all our viewers. Oh our well, yeah. This is a sorry. It's no longer a podcast, so you don't, you don't, you don't listen to us or you watch us. You you read us on the website now. You read <laughs> the Bash Bros podcast on a website. That's the how Bash you, Bros podcast yeah. article form. <laughs> yeah, it's just a transcript of what we say. They just oh, have to wow. read the podcast instead of yeah. That sounds horrible. Instead of watching or listening to it, excellent. Sounds heinous indeed. Um, but no, I, I'm looking forward to it. So we will have one more episode. Uh, before Christmas next week, and next week we'll be talking about more of the decks and stuff like that. I hope y'all uh, enjoy that. We'll like be. T- I'll be taking a look at Magic because I love Magic, but I'm not going to be like right now. I have no idea where anything's going. I am excited about watching the Players Championship this weekend, though. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, yeah, we definitely got to dissect that a little bit. Yeah, that That'll that's be fun. Gonna, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun to uh, see the deck list and just. I mean, that, like these kids fight for it all year long. Like 
Like, this is such an important tournament. I can't wait to watch them, like, you know, do battle. Yeah. Yeah, I actually uh, I actually have a strategy for Pioneer, but I don't want to divulge it. Hmm. And maybe that's loose of me. But like, I, I, I kind of have a strategy of how I think, like, of what I might personally want to do to prepare myself for the Pioneer tournaments next year. But... Uh, register whatever Seth plays. Honestly, no. <laughs> it, it may have worked out this time, but actually, Seth, Seth just loves rogue decks so much that I, I, I'm afraid to register his rogue decks, even though he usually does really well with them. Sometimes they're just yeah. Seth decks, though. Seth is just a master of playing decks that nobody else can win with. Yeah, like I, I like we were talking about at dinner, and Brian agreed with me, but like this is a weird thing I've never like said out loud. But I was like. I think that Seth is the best player in the world to play a game of magic that neither player has ever played. Yeah. And now what I say about that is like, you know, like if you think about standard right now, everyone's played against fires and to Sphinx and to Cavalier and to Cavalier. Right. But like, have you ever played a game of living end where they start <laughs> casting their shit? Excuse me. It's not Cavalier <laughs> Cavalier. It's Cavalier Kenrith. Didn't you see round eight? Of yeah. My sorry. Yeah. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> But, like, think about if Magic was, like, those games of Living End after the player survived the first Living End. Yeah. And now both graveyards have creatures end in play. I think and... I'm actually good at that specific game because, sadly, like, not, I'm not trying to, like, I, I just have played that specific game against Living End so many times that... Well, but it's a good example of saying that yeah. those games break down in a very weird way each time. Yes, they do. Yeah. And so I'm just saying, like, hypothetically, if you were able to create a new game of Magic that, like, neither player's ever played before, Seth is always going to be a favorite in my mind. Yeah, Seth is really incredible at at that kind of stuff. He's not as good when everything's... No like, when both players know how to play the matchup, he loses his edge, for sure. He does lose his edge uh, on the when Magic is straight technical. Yeah. Um, but like that abstract stuff, he is just phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, he's so, still good at that aspect of magic too. Yes, he's just not like, you know, he's not head and shoulders above everyone else like he often is. So yes, he is. You know, he, there's a reason why he like you know day day he he top aided. He was the only team of reclamation player to to day two the uh, the fan the Twitch rivals. Yeah, you know shit like that, but. Um, but anyway, um, you know, we're going to be looking into pioneer here soon and we'll be divulging, uh, Brian's super secret tech next episode. And, uh, besides that, I think that's all I got. I am going to end this episode y'all. And I'm going to go back to my couch for Sounds my great. day one lazy day of not having to worry about mythic championships. You deserve it. I, I never I, left the couch. <laughs> I don't know if I deserve it, but I'm going to take it. All right. Um, no, everyone, thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode of the Bash Rocks Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about the Players' Championship results uh, along with uh, where we think all the formats are moving. Week after that, we're taking uh, Christmas off, but we'll be back for the following week after that. Thank you so much for uh, dealing with this little dry spell uh, period, I will say. It's been a challenge to get all of this content out while we were playing in all these Mythic Championships. Yeah, uh, we missed a couple weeks because of travel. We've just been burnt out and a little low energy, but we will be back stronger once we've uh, relaxed and and stuff uh, and just gotten back into uh, being normal content creators and having a normal sleep schedule and not traveling time. But like we said earlier in the episode, if you want to uh, 
jump into one of our new tiers. We have our new tiers for our Patreon at patreon.com slash bash bros podcast. Um, I, I highly suggest just, uh, the number three, the one, three or five, I don't think you should pick four ninety nine. Um, yeah, I don't know though. That one seems pretty hilarious, and I, I gotta mean, give anybody, anybody props to I, that gets I, it. Even though it says there is no reward there, uh, because this isn't a reward, I will be humiliating anyone that does select that one on on air. Yeah, so that is a reward. Yeah, in itself. If you, if you want to yeah. be humiliated, yeah, I uh, might actually sign up for it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm into I'm into doing that to myself. So. Well, this is going a direction I really didn't think we were going to go with the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Brian, Bron Doofton, thank you so much for uh, being on here. Should we tell everyone why your name is Brian Bron Doofton? Now that the episode's over? Let's leave it. did uh, we already? Let's leave it a mystery. Let's leave it a mystery and an inside joke like we always do. Yeah, that'll be a correction. It is. Yeah. It's an outside. It's actually an it's outside an out- joke. Yeah. Yes. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week.